0: Hi and welcome to Insecurity, a podcast about computer security built from the ground up. Visit our website at in-security.org for past episodes, the show notes, and to leave comments. You can contact us by sending an email to feedback at in-security.org or follow us on Twitter at InSecurityShow. My name is Matt. And my name's Max. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I went to a Christmas party this weekend. It was awesome. I won a door prize. I don't know if you understand. There's literally nothing better than getting presents before you're supposed to get presents. Yeah. And then if I remember correctly, you had your Christmas party this week too, didn't you? How did that go?
1: It was uh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Carrie's never coming back. (laughs) Never going back to your Christmas party? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or did she just take the kids and pack up oh no no she's never going
1: back to the christmas party uh that that much fun huh yeah well not many other people brought their spouses and she felt a little left out <laughs> were spouses invited it was optional you could invite them if you wanted to mm, fair enough it was a fundraiser for the united way so they got funds let They're happy with that. And vendors showed up and they got some time to talk to us and we got free drinks out of it. So everybody was happy, really. Funds have been raised. Great success. Exactly. So I guess one thing to say is that we've been tossing around the idea of maybe modifying the layout of the show or the audience of the show. But um, I think we're just going to keep giving this a shot and maybe fork this whole thing into a different direction, uh, to deal with maybe some people that think the content's coming too fast and too furious and give them more of a slow transition into it. But, um, yeah, so far we've just been laying down some of the groundwork and hoping that if there's any gaps in people's knowledge, that they're filling it out along the way, listening to those previous episodes, right? Absolutely.
0: Going back, listening to past episodes, referring back to past episodes if you're getting confused, or even checking out some of the show notes that we've got, because they've got a lot of extra reading in there.
1: But there's probably some people that that pace is a little too fast and furious for, and so we're considering
0: catering to those people as well. So... If you have, again, as always, uh, if you have feedback or anything uh, in a direction that you'd like to see us go in, something that you'd like us to cover a little bit more in depth, less in depth, spend more and or less time on, by all means, let us know through all the various channels that have already been mentioned and will be mentioned again at the end of the show. I could go over them again, but I figured it would be overkill. (laughs) Okay, fine. Let's get into
1: uh, some content then. All right. What are we, what are we talking about this week? So last time at the end of the show, we had discussed, uh, I guess I went on a little bit of a rant about the fact that people don't just have computers for computer's sake. They do something right. And they, for a business, they help the business make money by, you know, saving time and saving the amount of people that need to, be there to do stuff. Uh, But there's a, a risk side to it, as we've been discussing, of people taking advantages and attacking systems. So the thought that you could ever have perfect security is really just an unrealistic thought. Like you would spend infinite amount of money because we're relying on stuff that's fundamentally broken. And I don't mean that that's anybody's fault. We were saying before, you know, you have a bug per thousand lines of code and there's millions of lines of code in just the operating system itself right and these people are the people that are trying to make it secure so bugs happen it's a fact of life grace hopper admiral grace hopper found that out a long time ago with the bug in the machine thing and it's just been there ever since
0: but the main thing that we talked about at the last episode was that you're always going to have to deal with users. So regardless of how bulletproof your machine or your system is, you're going to spend even more just trying to train people to do things the right way. And that's never going to happen because you're always going to get someone, the human element, where they're going to end up just trying to find a better way to do it. So they're like, well, instead of making an 18-digit password, I find it much easier for myself to make a three-digit one. I'm just going to use cat every time. And so you can try and stop them, but they're going to find a way around it. Well, I've made it cat, 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 cat.
1: So it's just the
0: same thing. And then they make inherent weaknesses as a result of this. Right. And we touched on password complexity before as
1: a compensating control to make sure that people can't do that by adding that complexity in there. Um, And that's enforceable down by policies in these enterprise class setups. Like I was talking about uh, what an episode eight, maybe around uh, Active Directory and enterprise setups. But um, the point that I really want to get to is like not a technical point, it's, it's a philosophical point. It's that we have to deal with risk, right? And we, we deal with risk every day. And the real risks we actually have to address and the ones that are just kind of the, the unrealistic risk, we just have to say, you know what? That's probably never going to happen and I can live with that. And that's why companies have insurance for cases like that fundamentally computers doing something for a business business is risky right not even dealing with computers there's just like a business invests time and money they rent out a location and they hope that customers are going to come and they do stuff to help those customers come by investing more time and money into things like advertisement right and at the end of the day they get a few customers and if the customers have a good experience then they'll translate that on so it's just basic you know business concepts business is risk right and computers only exacerbate that by making things happen faster and relying on other people and whereas a business will have people talking back and forth developing relationships and trust there's some parties on the internet that can have access to you that you can't trust so that's why we have these controls there So if you were a starting out business and you didn't have a lot of money, you couldn't implement the same level of controls that you would have in a large scale enterprise where it's well-established business, many customers, many employees doing many different things. So there's a couple different approaches. Large enterprises have the ability to buy products that have a whole bunch of automation built into them. And they're complicated because they they have all this complexity built into them because that's what actually does the job and it's kind of one of these things that we've automated it so much that you can remove a couple people from the enterprise, right? So they hope that if you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on an intrusion detection system, then You can make up some of that money in employee headcount right? or depth of training. You won't have to pay for these experts that are programming an intrusion detection system themselves. You can rely on the smarts that we've hired these right people and then deploy it into your enterprise.
0: Even going so far as things like antivirus, when you've got something super simple like that, you just put like an antivirus software onto your thing. Then you don't really have to worry about someone if they're going to run it because they're going to run whatever this attachment is, regardless. Then at the very least, you're putting your security into someone else's hands. In that case, the antivirus software company. And then you're just assuming that they know what they're doing. Uh, You don't necessarily have to spend the time on the training, on the uh, the getting someone to go and clean it out because effectively the antivirus is going to either run, uh, remove it or identify it or quarantine it before it even runs. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Yep. So that's the intention, right? Is that you're going to, instead of hiring someone to come up with this yourself and come up with a unique way to do it and spend and spending the money to have an expert, right? Do this. You're now spending money on an operator who can run the system that's that's doing this for you because you've bought the smarts from somebody else and it's a huge expense over a large scale system but you're hoping that the the money that you're spending in the product actually offsets the um bad things that could happen to you the downtime from a compromise
0: happening fair absolutely absolutely Can we think of other product examples?
1: Oh, sure. Any product, any product that you buy is trying to accelerate the pace at which you do business, right? Any sort of software product. You're you're buying the smarts from somebody. If you outsource a piece of work because you don't want to hire the staff to maintain the servers and upgrade the, the platform every once in a while, you're actually paying somebody else to do that whether or not that's part of the contract right so you have to look at if that's a consideration of the vendor that you're purchasing this from that they'll keep the software up to date that they'll go about patching this or is it your responsibility and then what if you get hacked on a third-party site right how do you how does that communication get back to you how is that handled um Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of different topics here that I'm probably glazing over that I should discuss a little bit more. So I just had some rough outlines for the show around risk. And from a a computer security perspective, the bad things that can happen is you could lose time, right? If you get your site compromised, and it can't service the people anymore, if there's a denial of service against your site, then there's missed opportunity there, right? And depending on how successful your business is and how much traffic you get, how many orders come through your online system, right? That should be a determination of how much money you want to spend to protect against those different threats that are there.
0: Lost revenue.
1: Yeah, and then... Time is truly the only finite resource that there is on the planet, right? Not on the planet, in in life, in the universe. It's it's the thing that you can't just make more of. So you got to spend your time wisely. You want to make sure that you have the right resources allocated to that to grow the business rather than have a computer go down because it had to be reimaged or reinstalled the operating system because it got compromised.
0: And then of course, once you start talking business, then we have to start trying to figure out this proper balance. It's always a ridiculously delicate balance of how much are you willing to put into, because I mean, you can easily just go and hemorrhage as, as a great example, this podcast, you can easily go and hemorrhage all kinds of money and stuff into making sure that you've got all the right tools. Um, But if you don't really invest any time into figuring out exactly how to use them, then you're going to delay the podcast for everybody every time. (laughs) Um, Regardless of how many buttons and knobs I've got on all these devices, I'm still not really sure how to best get the performance out of them. So instead, instead of investing just money, trying to throw money at a problem, sometimes you got to find a delicate balance. You can get by with really amateurish gear, even I'm still keeping to the, the podcast analogy. You can yep. get by without necessarily putting your resources into where you think they should necessarily go, but where you find the delicate balance, where you get the best sound quality available with the the time and the knowledge and the uh, the abilities that you have available to you. That's right. And like with the
1: podcast, Nothing's free, right? I mean, it costs money to get the microphone. It costs money for bandwidth to supply this to people. With business, it's, you know, do we want to spend the money to have this? Is it going to have a return on investment for the money that we spend into it? Are we going to see a substantial loss or reduction in incidence? know, Is it going to help us out? Is it going to protect us maybe from fraud? Right. It's another aspect of money is when you start doing automating your money transmissions through computers, it opens it up to the potential for fraud. More so than potentially someone going to the bank directly. And then, you know, another aspect of money is perhaps your organization is regulated by some sort of government body and you have to abide by certain standards. Right. Then who then they'll tell you that you have to spend this money. It's like one of those height bars. You have to be this high before you can get on this ride. So another aspect of business is reputation. So like we were saying before, if your website gets hacked, how does that reflect on you? Every business has customers, right? The whole point of the business is to have customers, even if it's even if you're a widget maker and you're in between the the earth elements and a manufacturer that's going to sell, sell it on to somebody else and you just do a little bit that that's your customer there. And so to make sure that you're putting out a quality product that's not having flaws introduced into it, you're judged by your reputation. If you pull a shady deal on somebody, then that's going to come back and bite you because reputation is nothing if not trust
0: when it comes to small businesses startups things like that reputation is almost probably one of the most valuable things you don't necessarily have a name you don't have brand recognition to support anything all you really have is a reputation that you're slowly building up you're building your brand So if you don't have a good reputation from the start, then it's going to become really difficult to try and develop a product that people will even care or have any interest in. For sure. And now that things are
1: swinging a lot more electronic and basically computers are necessities for business because we live in such a complex world and they need so many fronts covered that this is the way that we've developed our accounts receivable programs or payable our taxes are done online even at the very minimum we need these things in place we need to cover ourselves from an attack happening against us and damaging that reputation because now reputation's outsourced it's it's uh you still do the fundamentals for business to build your reputation but as you start living in a computer world then you have to have these considerations of what are people going to say about me on Yelp or Twitter or whatever social social media outlet that's there as well as if you're putting yourself out there and you're advertising for people to come to your website if that website gets hacked it's going to have an impact on people's trust for you if you can't protect your website how could I trust them with my credit card to do a transaction through it i'm saying there's a delicate balance And that we have to live with some risk based on how big we are at what we can afford to spend. And we need to figure out what makes sense for us as an organization. If we're going to be an online only entity, then it makes sense to spend the money to protect that online component, but it's never 100% secure. So if you can only afford to have a log monitoring the people who are uh, purchasing something from your website and you host your website on uh, an Amazon EC2 cloud so that you don't have to manage servers yourself and you only pay for what's consumed and you aren't having denial of service protection against that. You run the risk of a distributed denial of service consuming a lot of cycles on that cloud server that you're getting charged for every, every bit of data that goes through it. Right. And that denial of service can turn into a distributed denial of money. Like that S could be a dollar sign. Right. And that's, that's the risk you have to make is what makes me a target for this? How will I deal with it? If something occurs like that, can I just go offline? Can I shut my business down? That's only online
0: for the purpose of not hemorrhaging tons of money. You can even dumb it down a little bit further, depending on what your hypothetical business is in this situation. Um, if you are running exclusively a web-based company of some kind, then you could think that regardless, you're not in charge of any of the servers, you're, you're outsourcing that. You're running a, a content management system like some third-party company you're running someone else is running your content management system someone else is in charge of your server farm someone else is in charge of your your hosting someone else is in charge of your your shipping even those are options these are all options that you can have but the whole thing is that every step that you abstract or that you delegate you're no longer You've got your the granularity of your control gets dropped way down. So each additional step that you give to someone else, each step that you delegate, no matter how much you think that some other company is now in charge of it, it still completely reflects on you and is going to be your reputation on the line. So if your credit card <laughs> Uh, Information gets stolen from like, or someone's credit card information gets stolen from your website from a transaction that you'd uh, that they did through you. They don't care that it's a third party company that's in charge of your hosting, a third party company that's in charge of that credit information, a third party company that's in charge of the 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 information because. They weren't dealing with those people directly. They were dealing with you directly. So it's all on the the onus is all on you. You're the one who's effectively responsible for the public image of your company. And they're not going to like, granted, it's not going to go well for these other companies, but definitely everything falls on your company and you're the one that's going to be taking the hit. So that's the
1: thing is you can outsource responsibility. You can't outsource accountability. Right. You are always going to be accountable at the end of the day for the service that you're providing. If it harms people or if fraud happens against it, you're the one who has to go to jail for that or pay up for that or whatever the consequence might be. Right. It's. People outsource services that they don't want to be able to that they don't have the ability to control themselves or they outsource something that can be done more efficiently elsewhere. But all of that has to be managed by contracts, right? And you need, well, it depends. Like if you're a big enough organization, then you have to start looking at the vendors that I'm outsourcing this to. Am I going to do an assessment of the vendors to see if their security practices meet with what I require from them before I make this contractor agreement? Or am I going to cover it contractually or am I going to cover it by insurance? So these are the types of decisions that need to be made from a risk-based approach. And a methodology for assessing risks is very important, right? And there's whole fields of studies on this. Heck, there's whole entities within companies that do the governance, risk and compliance stuff. And there's, there's internal audit groups to make sure that people are holding up their end of the bargains there's so much to talk about in this space that i kind of don't feel like it justifies going too deep into anything but the reality is we're putting ourselves out there we have to decide if it's worthwhile you know if i'm a mom and pop shop should i just have a home consumer grid router with wireless around the office and manage it myself or is that time that I'm taking away from actually running the business to do that and I should hire somebody else to do it right and this is the the constant issue that I have is should I hire somebody to do it or should I do it myself
0: is that just with your general life or with your yeah. business life
1: No I mean that's that's a life decision that I'm running into now I mean I get I get paid OK. I'm happy with my job. But, you know, I, I have a hard time paying someone to do something like shovel my driveway. Heck, it's great exercise. And I, I justify it to myself that it doesn't take that long. And hiring someone on a contract, I would be worrying about not getting my money's worth. Or if I free up that time, am I going to replace that time with something worthwhile, worthwhile? That's actually gains money. And that's the decisions that people constantly make in businesses. You know, does it make sense to outsource this to somebody who can perform this at an adequate level of professionalism? And will I see a return on investment? Because I could spend that same time elsewhere and gain more money than I'm actually paying out. Return of investment. R- ROI just. Yeah, it means that. You're seeing more benefit out of it than you're spending, hopefully. That's the ratio that you want to be in.
0: So the calculation is relatively simple. The return on investment is the gain from the investment minus the cost of the investment divided by the cost of the investment. As long as what you stand to gain, and that can be tangible or intangible, things like Uh, You can stand to gain money. You can stand to gain reputation. You can stand to gain extra man hours available because of the amount of time that you do not have to spend on this. If as long as that is greater than say the cost of the investment, which could again be uh, simply money or it could be time or it could be training. As long as that stays positive, then you're looking pretty good. Yeah, that that's the principle. And the,
1: and the principle for, Uh, risk at a very high level and formulaic approach is that the cost of an incident occurring and the number of incidents that will occur predictably should never be more than the cost that it costs to buy a product to prevent those things from occurring or hire someone to make sure that those don't happen. Right. So the return on investment is kind of a negative one, because we're talking about losing money instead of gaining money, like a cost center, right? But we're trying to minimize loss here. So if I spend 100 bucks on an antivirus program for a single computer, and this is going to save me $200 worth of downtime for refreshing that machine and another $500 in lost opportunity, right? And the probability of that happening is is that could happen three times a year and say that antivirus program could magically fix all of those and prevent that from happening. Well, then that's a good return on investment, right? We want to make sure that we're minimizing loss from that perspective. Make sense? Absolutely. And the same thing with the other controls that we have in place. When we were talking about firewalls and intrusion detection or intrusion prevention systems and antivirus, these are all layers of defense so you should prioritize the ones that make most sense for you but i think that there's some that you just need as a cost of doing business in an electronic world right you can't justify to somebody losing all of their data because you didn't have an antivirus program on your machine because you didn't want to spend whatever it costs 100 bucks per per license per seat right you can't Live on the internet without having a firewall to at least stop people from attacking you. I mean, it's just irresponsible. You can do it, but the accountability is on you and it's irresponsible. So you you start looking at those costs even before you enter into that world where you say, okay, I'm going to have computers connected to the internet to do this work. And some of the things that we're seeing in the news around power stations and critical infrastructure is that people have made the risk decision, however right or wrong, that it makes more sense to gain the efficiencies of having these systems interconnected through the internet and risk these systems getting attacked via the internet. The common consensus is that these specialized chips that people use and the specialized programs of these controllers really have no business being on the Internet because they're full of vulnerabilities and vendors don't patch them. And then applying the fix to critical infrastructure, do you really want to bring down the power grid for 15 minutes as you apply patches to machines like there's that whole decision that needs to be considered well before you actually go ahead and put these things online? Right. Right. And someone's made the decision somewhere along the way that maybe I should have this nuclear reactor accessible via the Internet. Or, you know, maybe I have to implement something called an air gap where that system can't be accessed by the Internet, but I still have to update that system. So maybe I'll bring over a USB key full of patches to apply to that system. An update, antivirus, or whatever, manually. So these are the these are the decisions that need to be made: cost versus risk of things going wrong.
0: And that's really what I wanted to talk about today. All right, I'm loving this. This is genius. But now, what I want to do is we we got to try and find a way to make this more accessible. Uh, have you got an analogy? Can you think of another way to paraphrase this? Okay, so you have a cat. And you love your
1: cat (laughs) and your cat is the best cat ever. But, you know, at some point your cat has claws and your cat can do damage to other things. Right. So you you have to make that decision. Are you going to declaw the cat? Is that a cruel thing to do, cutting the tips of its fingers, including its claw bit off? Or are you going to allow it to? To have claws and if it kills something and and it's somebody else's thing then you're accountable for the action that that cat does right and then there's well what about spaying the cat or neutering the cat right
0: like if you don't neuter your cat and your cat kills something that belongs to someone else <laughs> i guess i don't really know what neuter means
1: it, it's like what
0: there's spaying I, I and neutering. When you do
1: to a boy, when you do to a girl, and I don't know. It's both making it unable to
0: reproduce. I heard a so, great uh, a great euphemism for that. Yeah? Taking the coins out of his coin purse. Right. I don't know if I'm using great right in that sentence either. <laughs> no. I heard I a don't. euphemism for that. <laughs> there you go. So the cat might hate you forever for doing these
1: things, right? But these it's are the choices that's
0: going to hate you forever anyway
1: That's true But every once in a while it'll spend a little bit of time With you justifying its existence
0: No it's going to spend A little bit of time with you trying to get food Ah that's true Using you for food that's what cats do That's how cats roll You're just trying to win points with the internet You're trying to get the internet on your side <laughs> I think the internet's going to like you better Because of this whole cat analogy I don't yes. even know where this came from what the internet's for? Cat analogies, really?
1: I can has cheeseburger. It's all about cats. <sighs> so, we've covered over the fundamentals, I think, of of getting people up to snuff so that they can understand the different components of a computer and, and start to think about the more complicated things, such as networking computers together. Uh, we should all be at a level right now where we can actually start talking about vulnerabilities in things, how those actually work, leveraging that hardware that we had discussed, uh, leveraging the network interfaces to things, leveraging all sorts of different topics. And then once we're talking about the vulnerabilities, we can talk about how to fix those vulnerabilities and not be the cause of the problem.
0: So we're going to get into specific holes and specific problems.
1: Yeah. So I figure... There's some really good sources out there talking about which are the most common vulnerabilities that exist. And we'll just spend some time explaining those for people and talk about some of the protection mechanisms that they can put in place to make sure that they don't fall vulnerable to those common problems. Excellent.
0: So, as always, you have yourself a great week.
1: Thanks, Ben. You have a good week, too. And we'll uh, get back to you later. There might be a little bit of a hiatus over Christmas time.
0: Oh, yeah, that's coming up.
1: Yeah. And families and stuff like that do take precedence over
0: podcasting. That is true. So I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yep. Good night, Betty.